Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a lantern of loveliness in the island's art world. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, the Easter Play Festival is almost here and it's a bit different this year. We hear from composer, performer, musician and all-round wonder woman Ellie Quayle in between a serious gig and a slightly silly one. And a great chance to see some art which isn't always on display, in one place at least, if at all. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in that spotlight. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, linguistics, literary, mime, blah, blah, blah. Goes on and on and on. If you think it's got an arts tag, get in contact. Howard Kane at maxradio.com or spotlight at maxradio.com. I'll see them both. Well, welcome as ever. Easter almost upon us, which means, depending on your fancy, lovely church services, a couple of bank holidays, lots of chocolate, eggs, the Easter art exhibition and the Easter play festival. More about the Easter art exhibition next week. Maybe chocolate, who knows. But first, and before I forget, let's hear how this year's Easter play festival at the Gaiety is, well, a little bit different from the woman who knows more than most about these things. My name is Sharon Walker and I am chair of Manx Amateur Drama Federation. We have decided this year to combine both the full-length and one-act play festivals to give our audiences a real treat. So over the course of the week, you have the opportunity to see 11 different plays. Which is a lot. And as you say, something very different. I don't think this has been done before, to the best of my knowledge, has it? No, it hasn't. So previously, we've always had a separate one-act play and full-length play festival. But we thought we would try something new this year. We've had some problems with attracting particularly um, companies from across to come and join us for our full-length play festival and you know we booked the gaiety for a week so we wanted to make sure we took full advantage of it so if we couldn't fill it with companies from across then we wanted to be able to give local societies the opportunity to use the theatre and in terms of a, a, a cost for them it's it's very low they literally just pay an entry fee so we stand the hire of the theatre so quite often it gives the opportunity to some of the local groups to perform in the gaiety that they wouldn't have the opportunity to do so previously and it's very difficult as you say with the easter it's it's been i know a problem for a few years just the cost of other societies getting to the isle of man of they're having to travel maybe bring a van with some of their own set or whatever it, it can be a costly old business absolutely and i think as well we suffered we've suffered a little bit in terms of recovery after covid so prior to covid we'd probably have a good sort of half a dozen or so societies who would come every year because they really really enjoyed performing in the matcham theatre um, I think we forget how badly hit UK theatre was compared to, to the Isle of Man. And so a lot of the societies have just dwindled away and have just got out of the habit of rehearsing and travelling. So the um, low attendance at festivals is not something that's unique to the Isle of Man. It's something that they're seeing across the whole of the UK. So as I say, we wanted to do something different and give our local societies the opportunity to perform in the gaiety as well. And the other thing, I think, again, which you're always sort of modest about the amount of work that goes into this, but there is a hell of a lot of work that goes into organising these festivals, whether it's the one actor, whether it is the Easter Play Festival, and people, you know, the audiences happily turn up and just see it. And I don't think they realise just how much work goes on behind the scenes to make these things happen. Absolutely not. And we're only a, a small committee, a very, very committed committee and very hardworking. Um, but absolutely from... 
advertising the competition in the first place to bringing in the entries to reading through the plays to make sure that they're appropriate to scheduling the whole thing liaising with the gaiety and and with all the teams and making sure everybody has the technical time that they need to rehearse before the performance happens and obviously liaising with the gaiety and what have you as well so and to remember as well that all of the committee none of them get the glory they never get the opportunity to perform on the stage or, or what have you they are just doing it for the passion of of the festival Give us a, a taste of what audiences can expect this year then, because you said it sounds like there's something for everyone. Absolutely. So you, um, if I look across the week, we have um, a couple of uh, local... Uh, plays that have been written by people from the Isle of Man. So Lisa Smith has has written a, a play, but also Chris Maybe has has offered a couple as well. Um, and Chris's are both youth productions as well. So it will be really good to see um, what those look like. Got a couple of comedies, but we've also got some quite interesting um, straight drama. So one of our companies from across that are producing Waiting for Godot, so that's quite a heavy piece. Mm. Um, Paradox, who are first uh, are new to our festival and we're delighted that they're joining us. They're um, producing Monkey's Paw, which is a very old classic. So, again, some real different productions for people to see. And if people do want to go along, is there the usual, uh, you can sometimes get like a season ticket for the whole week? Absolutely. So tickets are £15 per night or you can buy a a season ticket just for £77. So that's £77 to see 11 plays. £7 a play, that sounds like real good value. VFM. Exactly, indeed. Really, really good value for money um, in terms of what people will see. And the standard is always really, really high. I'm always exceptionally proud of the quality of the theatre that we see here in the Isle of Man. And it's an interesting point that, you know, the, the companies that come from across, they have to perform to that bar. And certainly the three companies that we do have do. They were all fantastic last year. And we're really looking forward to seeing what they do for us this year. And is the one adjudicator doing the full lengths and the one acts? He is indeed. So our adjudicator is a gentleman called Robert Meadows, who came over last year actually to do our one act play festival and um, adjudicated our online Young Actor of Man a couple of years ago during COVID. So he's well known to the island, um, loves coming here and absolutely jumped at the chance of coming over and adjudicating for us again. A busy week for him then. It is a very busy <laughs> week, but as I say, you know, we all do it because we, we really enjoy it and, and our adjudicators are no different. The new sort of format, is this uh, is this a sort of a suck it and see situation you're tasting out? It's not been done before. Obviously, the hope is there'll be more bums on the seats and that's always the, the very difficult thing when it comes to plays and play festivals. It's getting the audience in there. Once they're in there, they really enjoy it. But it's actually getting them through the door to actually under the seats in the first place. Is this a see how it's going to work out or a one-off or how, how is it being viewed at the moment? I think it's very much we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll be very interested to see what feedback we get from our audiences. I know last year when we had one night of local one-out plays, it was our best attended um, night. People tend to like to see their friends come and perform. Um, but what it also did was encourage people to come and see the rest of the festival and come and see some of the, the plays from across as well. So um, we're really hoping that it will be an opportunity for everybody to see how fantastic Manx drama is. In the main, we've got the majority of the societies who are participating, so it's a really good way of showcasing how great drama is on the Isle of Man. It is, and 
again, it is true that once you get people there, they will say, wow, this is really good. And often, as we know ourselves, people who aren't regular theatre goers don't really distinguish, I think, between professional companies and amateur companies anyway. As long as they enjoy it and the standard is good, they don't either know nor care, I think, whether the actors and actresses are professional or amateur. Absolutely that. And as you alluded to before, Howard, you know, we've both been in productions that we've both been extremely proud of being involved in because the quality is so good. Um, I think anybody who goes on to the gaiety stage is really mindful of how lucky we are to perform on the stage there and really wants to make sure that we give the audience something that they enjoy details then if people think yep i wouldn't mind a slice of that uh how do they get their season ticket or can they they want to go in the night do they just get in contact with the gaiety straight off or tickets are available on the gaiety website um you can buy your season ticket through there um but absolutely they will be there on the door as well but i would encourage people to try and get their tickets beforehand make sure that they get the seats that they like everybody has a favorite seat in the gaiety always and um let us know that you're coming to support us i think that's the most important thing it's always great stuff down at the gaiety over easter the week kicks off on easter saturday as usual season tickets are available as sharon says or you can drop in on the night there really is something for everyone spotlight brought to you by the isle of man arts council now, if you were lucky enough to be at the Villa Marina last Sunday for the Isle of Man Call Society's concert, We Are the Music Makers, not only were you treated to works from Elgar and Finzi, but also Quail, local musician and composer, or composter as it says on my script for some reason, Ellie Quail, who was present for the world premiere of her own choral work, Composer of Life. And that is composer, not composter. It was an amazing achievement, a great piece of music, a lovely afternoon. Yet hardly has the applause from that massive work died down than Ellie is performing again, this time with her comedic hat on and a gang of her chums in tow at Balakameen Studio Theatre. She dropped into the Spotlight Studio, to be fair, I do share it with others, to tell me more about her busy musical life. And I began by suggesting composing a full choral work sounds like, well, rather a lot of work. It was an awful lot of work, but absolutely worth it. I think seeing the finished product was phenomenal and emotional and just so much fun. Um, I started writing it in about June last year and then finished in December. So a good kind of five, six months. So it was a lot of work. A regular work or the sort of thing you put down and come back to? Every day. Yeah, so it was regular, but I couldn't say that I did, you know, an hour every day. Some days were four minutes if you were lucky. Um, It was one of those where I felt I just had to carry on with it in order to keep the momentum going and to keep inspired. But there are definitely ups and downs throughout the whole process. And I'm assuming these days, like most sort of modern contemporary composers, you'll be using Sibelius or one of these on software platforms rather than actually manuscript book and a pen. Yeah, so super lucky in our modern day technology that there's such good programs out there because if there wasn't, you would all be doing this by hand like Mozart or Bach did. And I feel that's a whole other level because I was really lucky in that I had a, a Sibelius, I had a laptop and I had um, a fantastic editor, David Cowell, um, all on my side. So I had all the equipment. Um, yeah, I just had to think of it, but it was it was great. Sibelius really, um, I've been using it since I was 18, you know, for years and years. And it's, it's really a fantastic tool. So for those who don't know, this is like an online tool for composing. I assume you can sort of write on the screen and then it'll play it back to you as well? Yes, it's mm. brilliant. It's so clever. So you you can write down the music that's from your head um, through the keyboard and then it, it 
writes as if it's real life music. So when you print it off, it looks as professional as it can be. And meanwhile, writing, you can put in headphones and listen to what you've written. So it's very, very clever. But presumably very different to actually go into the Royal Hall, sit there and hear it performed by... I was doing a quick count and I reckon there's about 120, 130 or more by the time you put the orchestra and the choir together. Together? Yeah, I don't know. It was, I was looking at my phone today and I had a, a kind of picture of the setup and it just seemed humongous. It was. It really it, seemed like a huge amount of people. And so was it a thrill to actually hear it? And it must have been quite odd to hear it because hitherto you've either heard it in your head or via Sibelius, and suddenly there we have, like I say, at least 130 musicians, singers, full orchestra, playing your piece. Yeah, it was incredible, but odd as well. I think you could say strange, bizarre, overwhelming, to be honest. Uh, I was definitely filling up in more than one point and hearing it in your head through I was going to say, so, so did it sound like you'd imagined it in your head? Yes, it yeah. did. Yeah. It sounded like, it ima- like I imagined but even better because the players were so brilliant and the choir was so brilliant and so well rehearsed. So it, it was definitely different to Sibelius as there are all these automated sounds, which are clever, but obviously nothing beats live. So, yeah, big difference. Big difference. Well, that's your sort of serious composer hat, we can say that, or the sort of choral hat. You're also perhaps, perhaps better known, I could be wrong here, but uh, certainly well known around the Isle of Man for doing your own comedy gigs and uh, concerts and another one of these coming up Ellie Quayle and Friends which well it's exactly that you with uh, some of your musical friends and performing friends and with this particular case you have your hat on where yeah it's again all music you've written yourself and lyrics in this case you've written yourself not not with a separate lyricist but very much in a lighter vein yes it's so different and someone asked me after the classical performance they said what's next and I said oh I actually have this comedy gig coming up on Friday and they looked at me as if I was an alien with seven heads because it's so different but I love having that balance so this show Ellie Quayle and Friends 2 because um not meaning that I have two friends as it it sounds like good start Um, no I I have three but uh, I did the, a similar show, Ellie Quayle and Friends, in January at the Laxey Institute. And as that was so much fun and it was a sellout, it was super lucky. So I thought I'd do another show of a similar vein. It's got lots of new surprises. It's definitely not the same show. But I've just popped a two on the end and changed the venue and uh, written a few few more silly bits, comedy skits, and, and it's all really good fun. Terrific. So it's sort of musical, it's comedy, it's lightweight. For, for anyone family friendly? It's, it's, it's all a bit daft. But 18 plus, I would say. Terrific. And who else is there? I know, I know we're there with the Shanty Boys again. Who else is singing or performing? Yes, or? so we've got the fantastic Minds of Shanty, um, which involves a lot of my really dear friends. So it's always nice to have their support. And then we've got the wonderful Alan Gelling singing a few uh, funny songs. We've got, yep, he's always great. Yep, funny poems from yours truly, Howard Kane. You're not going to comment because you can't say that you're I, funny. I'll they say are, nothing. They are fantastic. I will put that out there. And we've got Steph Chambers, who's going to be doing a few of her own funny original songs. And I've heard one of them and it's fantastic. So I trust that they'll be brilliant. And a few new surprises, which I I can't talk too much about. That wouldn't be a surprise then, would it? It's it's all all about the mystery. I may be a little bit biased, but as I I write uh, these songs, they're just so silly and stupid. If if anyone is a fan of Victoria Wood or Fascinating Aida, they will definitely like... Um, the kind of style of the evening and the things that they will hear. It's all just just 
just a massive Good laugh, fun. to be honest. Yeah. So where do they get them? Can they get them online? Can you get them on the door on the night or just a chance to look if you do that? Well, both, to be honest. Mm. So the tickets are online on the Balakameen Studio Theatre website. And it's dead easy. You can just go on. They are £10 each. But uh, they will also be available on the door. So I think... I can't say if there'd be a good chance no. of getting them on the door. Your best chance absolutely. then is to order them online. Then you're guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, five days to go as it is this Friday, the 31st. Um, but I would, I would book online if you don't want to miss out. Totally. And just finally then, it, it's fascinating how, I mean, did this just sort of develop by, by accident or is this sort of where you, you wanted to be as a, a serious composer and doing choral works and, and hopefully doing more and also doing this comedy side as well they are very it's both composing it's both music obviously but very very different yeah it's interesting isn't it i don't don't really know i think i started um writing when i was about 12 but you start writing as any teenage songwriter will know with the anguish and the pain and oh it's, it's, it's so life is so hard um but i kind of grew up and i think had a bit of a more uh, just light-hearted feel to life and whenever things happened I kind of just thought oh this will make a good story and I always loved writing little stories little poems or whatever and then since I wrote songs it was kind of the two of them I thought oh could this go together I think the big thing was um, finding Tim Minchin and Victoria Wood and these people who I thought I've never seen anything like that before they are hilarious and their playing is so good. I think that because they're pianists as well, and so am mm. I. It was so inspiring. And I think they just set me on this, oh, that could be possible. And I, I gave it a go. Um, I did give it a go while I was in, in uni. I wrote a comedy song. Um, but it was it was taking the mick out of um, indie music artists who take themselves um, rather seriously, who I do respect, but for the sake of the song, I thought, okay, this is what it's about and then I performed it to a bunch of indie music artists and so that really didn't go down well and then I thought oh maybe comedy's not for me <laughs> a few years later I kind of um tried again and here we are here we are do you have to, a preference between the two uh, when okay. it comes to writing composing and or do you just see them as different strings oh, they're, yeah they're different I don't know I I love lemon cake and I love Victoria Sponge mm. but they're kind of yeah, both uh, cake, but very different. Well, I, I, of course, would mention cake. I'm a big cake fan. But I do love both of them. And I think having the both of them is such a kind of balance. Because when you feel silly, you can write a silly song. And when you're feeling rather serious or looking out of a window moodily, you can go and write um, a violin part. But I think comedy is just it's just so much fun. Ellie Quayle and Friends too. There's this coming Friday, Balakamin Studio Theatre. It's already three quarters full, I understand now, but in getting quickly, you might get a seat. It's worth it for Ellie alone. From stage to canvas, if you're in the west of the island, even if you're not, frankly, you might want to drop into a fascinating exhibition at the House of Mananin. It's called 30. Martin Kane, the Arts Development Officer for Alaman Government, told me more. The Arts Council um, have a, uh, an art collection which uh, it's an educational collection which we loan out to different uh, place, uh, public buildings, schools. Um, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of businesses now that are starting to pick it up, so they have uh, pieces in their maybe boardrooms or receptions. And so we're going to um, display some of the works uh, that we have in the collection. We've recently bought some new works as well, so they'll be, uh, they'll be going into this um, exhibition. Just um, to sort of give you a bit of uh, an idea about what's going to be in the collection, um, we're going to try and... 
span it from works that have been in the collection um, for the past 30 years. Um, but we'll, um, it's going to be a mix of like sort of quite well-known artists with some uh, with some newer ones as well that people might not know. Um, so we'll have our works by Anthony Gormley, uh, Tracy Emin, um, Jenny Savile, Anish Kapoor, um, Jake Chapman. Um, oh, some well-known names there then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, the the collection itself is a um, it's called a modern and contemporary collection. So um, in sort of art terms, um, modern is kind of anything post-war. And then contemporary kind of kicks in about the 80s. So um, what we find with contemporary is you get a lot of um, the the, uh, the YBA movement of the early 90s. Um, so you get things like Damien Hurst and, as we say, Tracy Emin and Jake Chapman um, and artists like that as well. So uh, we'll be, um, we have quite a lot of modern artists. Um, so we're starting to sort of build up our contemporary art collection um, now as well. So we've got some very, very new artists in there as uh, one called Sarah Maple. Uh, who looks at how uh, sort of jobs are perceived and how uh, women in uh, in the workplace are sort of perceived. So we have a really uh, great um, piece by her, which is called uh, Snow White and the Scientists, where she's uh, dressed up as Snow White, uh, working in a laboratory. Um, so she has a whole uh, run of these sort of Disney princesses in um, in jobs that would usually be associated with men. And then we also have uh, an artist called uh, Sarah Pope as well, which should be um, quite a bright uh, picture. Sarah Pope's known for um, her illustrations of mouths. It's quite a large and quite a bright sort of in-your-face uh, work that we have by that. But um, interestingly, um, she um, has also uh, has a portrait of the Pope, uh, which is in the Vatican's uh, private collection, uh, which is quite a, quite a departure from the work that we have. But... <laughs> Uh, quite an interesting uh, fact about her. So yeah, the uh, the exhibition's free to the public to come down to. Um, so it'll be running through to uh, practice or just before practice week. Rare chance, I guess, as well to see some of these artists um, on the island. Um, you know, out in the public. Um, as I say, we do sort of have some of these that are in schools and in uh, public buildings as well, but it's rare that we get a chance to bring them all into one space at a time. So. A collection. I suppose a few people might be surprised to, to learn that the, the Arts Council does does have this uh, collection. So it was set up 30 years ago by um, an artist at the time called David Fletcher, uh, and we'll actually have one of his works um, in there. And so the whole idea of the collection is that, um, as I say, it was an educational collection, so um, this idea that uh, when people go away, they might not automatically think if they're on holiday to go to an art gallery. So it was basically to bring the art gallery to the island. I know um, at the moment um, there's a Damien Hirst piece that's in the family library in Douglas. We have uh, works by Picasso, works by David Hockney, works by Paula Rago, um, Ralph Steadman, Peter Blake, who um, obviously did the was very famous for doing the Sgt. Pepper's album cover. Yeah, yeah. And so, so these works, as you say, are, are, mm-hmm. are they generally kept just in storage or are they more sort of scattered around in various other venues and, and are being brought together or, or, or a bit of both? Um, so it's a little bit of both. At the moment, the collections, I think the collections are about 400 pieces at the moment. So it's a very big collection. Mm, we have about 120 in store. So the rest of it is out, <laughs> out around the place um, at the moment. And it might be that, you know, you walk into the like, um, like Ramsey Town Hall has some pieces there. So you might not even realise sort of that they're sure. there but they're sort of in the subconscious of the public but yeah it's it's a loan collection so um if there's any public buildings or businesses out there that would be interested um in having these these sorts of works in their in their buildings very welcome to get in touch with us um at the arts council uh via our, via our website 
It's really just um, to sort of celebrate the 30 years of the um, of the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be one of the things. We'll do some other bits throughout the year, but this was just a sort of nice starting point because it's quite early on in, in the year. So we've just really plainly called it 30. <laughs> Short and sweet? Yeah. <laughs> Best way. I confess I haven't been yet, but I most certainly will be going. It sounds great. looks great. It's on until the 14th of May and is absolutely free. Who says you never get something for nothing? That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where you want. Why not try it whilst nibbling a hot cross bun in bed? See you next week, when we'll be hearing about that Easter art exhibition, amongst other things. Look after yourselves, whatever you're doing. Be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.